this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Kimberly Majeski. Hi, Jim. Kimberly, I notice in your hand right now is your cell phone. Right. Now, is that an iPhone? It is an iPhone, and it is the center of the universe. Well, I'm glad to know that you have an iPhone. Of course, I carry the Windows phone, which is a different brand, but the idea is the same, that we can communicate with people who are not present. That's right. That's the wonder of a phone, and of course, cell phones, mobiles are in its step advanced from the old landline, which still exists in many places. However you look at it, the telephone is one of the most transformational inventions of all history. For sure. Because it brought people into relationship who otherwise were separated by miles. Mm -hmm. And who invented the telephone? Alexander Graham Bell. There's a guy. (laughs) I mean, this man has history in the United Kingdom. He has history in Canada and in the United States, which became his adopted country. Bell was a genius. He had many inventions to his name, but he's most well-remembered for this telephone idea. Mm -hmm. But... Kimberly, as you know about Bell, what drove him to create the telephone? What was it in his personal journey that made him so interested in sound? Right. He's an accomplished scientist and researcher and becomes aware of and studies uh, sound because he has people in his life whom he loves who are deaf. There you have it. I mean, I was so surprised as I began to read up on Mm -hmm. his biography His mother, who was a hearing person when he was a small child, lost her hearing. And so then he grew up in a house where his mom, whom he loved deeply and who deeply loved him, could not hear. And and a barrier developed and how difficult it was to overcome the barrier in the 19th century uh, when there was someone who was not hearing in the house. And you wanted so desperately to hear what they had to say, but their own ability to speak was compromised because they lost their ability to hear their own voice and that changed their speaking pattern. And they couldn't hear what you had to say at all. And Bell was, was consumed by this. If only there was a way I could help my mother hear. Mm-hmm. Well, then he gets married to a woman who is hearing, who he loves deeply and who deeply loves him. But she, similarly to his mother, as time goes by, loses her hearing. And becomes sick and... And, and now disease, he right? is in the same position again. And the combination of these two primary people in his life that he loved so much drove him to his inventor studio Mm -hmm. to explore sound, sound wave, the way in which the eardrum works, the way in which sound reverberates, the way in which ideas are transmitted phonetically and also by the science of sound. And that gave us the telephone. It's a most remarkable invention and nothing in technology probably has done more to develop and nourish human relationships than the telephone. Well, as we think about all that, Think about the power of sound in Scripture and the idea of God trying to speak to us and sometimes our inability to hear and what it's like to be deaf to the voice of heaven and how much God longs for us to hear his voice when sometimes we will not or cannot. Mm -hmm. And in a similar way, how we long to be heard by God, but sometimes we're not sure he can hear and that maybe we're just speaking words into the air. Today, as we unfold this program, Kimberly, let's visit a passage that talks about a man who was physically deaf, and all the lessons we can learn from his intersection with Jesus. Stay with us. In our program today, you may have a thought or a question that comes to mind as you listen to Kimberly and I talk about the scripture, and we want you to know we're always glad to hear from you. So write down this phone number. 
It's a toll-free number. It operates 24 hours a day and seven days a week. All you have to do is dial, and a member of our Viewpoint Ministry team will pick it up and be so glad to talk with you. This is the number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We'll give you that number again at the close of our program, but for now, just know we're always glad to hear from you. Kimberly, in the scripture, there are several stories where Jesus stumbles upon people who are hearing impaired. And one of those is told in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7. It's really a dramatic tale, and it's very visual. It's very gritty. Even as it's about uh, (laughs) the gift of sound, it's a very visual story. And the description of the events unfolding that we have in the narrative, in a way, make it so real and authentic. Mm -hmm. You just couldn't make this up. These are things we think really happened as Jesus walked through this world and came upon a man who could not hear. So I'm going to ask you to start reading the narrative. This is Mark chapter 7, beginning with verse 31, and then I'll pick up the story at the close. Okay. Jesus left Tyre and went up to Sidon before going back to the Sea of Galilee and the region of the Ten Towns. A deaf man with a speech impediment was brought before him, and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on the man and to heal him. Jesus led him away from the crowd so they could be alone. And he put his fingers into the man's ears. And then, spitting on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Ephatha, which means be opened. And instantly, the man could hear perfectly. And his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. And the text continues in verse 36. Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone. But the more he told them not to speak, the more they spread the news. They were completely amazed and said again and again, Everything Jesus does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak. The story has a lot of pathos because the man at the center of it, in addition to Jesus, is a man deaf. He's deaf and has a speech impediment. Mm-hmm. It's a tragedy on its own terms. All of us can understand that even in this modern day. But in the ancient world, the loss of this man and his isolation from his community would be magnified a hundredfold over what we know today. Today, if you're hearing impaired, there are mechanical means by which you might be able to gain some hearing. We certainly know that there's a language of sign that allows people to communicate who are otherwise unable to do so by Mm -hmm. hearing. We know that there's lip reading, a very finely tuned art that can help people understand ideas shared with them by others. But in the world in which this man lived, there were none of those options available. And he was completely then isolated from the world around him. He might be touched by those who loved him. They might have physical touch, and that can be very powerful and reassuring. He could see the blue of a sky, and he could see the birds fly, but he could not take the ideas that were deep down inside of him and share them with someone else. How is it that he could learn how to read or write, perhaps? Most people were illiterate then, and especially someone who was hearing impaired would not have access to learning. That meant that his world was bottled up inside. And even as he could not share what he wanted to share, the people around him would have ideas, and he could only stare and watch as an outsider. I mean, this is a tragedy of isolation in the first magnitude. This is the worst case of isolation in the ancient world. As you mentioned, um, in the first century, we're talking about an oral tradition society. So um, thoughts, ideas, sacred works, 
stories are all related in an oral way. There's no uh, writing down of things at this point. And so he can't even participate in any sort of uh, religious practice because it's cut off from him in the way that they communicated at this point. And so, yes, he is probably in his town. We've told here the Ten Towns with the Decapolis. He's probably thought of as mad uh, because he can't speak right and because he can't hear people who are speaking to him. So he's cast aside, completely dependent upon other people, his family perhaps, who should take care of him and protect him and feed him. Uh, Otherwise, he has no contact with the known world and the culture of that time. He seems to be fortunate in that there are people around him who are conscious of his dilemma, and they beg Jesus to heal him. So someone cares about him, although the people who wanted Jesus to heal this man deaf may not have cared so much about the deaf man as they were interested in some kind of circus. Whatever it was, he was isolated by the nature of his disability. Communication is the currency of all relationships. That's right. And if you cannot communicate, you are isolated. And there is no more desperate place to live than to feel isolated. And you do not have to be physically deaf to be isolated. Mm -hmm. But this man was that. We understand that while he was isolated as a consequence of a physical disability, that there may be people listening today who feel isolated because people don't hear them and they don't feel like they have a way to speak. Or maybe people are speaking to them constantly, but they don't understand what's being required or asked or expected, and consequently are retreating into themselves or building walls. However it is, the most desperate condition of human life is to be isolated because you can't communicate or someone won't communicate with you. It's so true. I think even as we see the um, emergence of social media culture over the last um, five, ten years, it's showing us that people are, in fact, isolated and have to find ways to reach out that are new and different um, because they don't have um, the ability or the confidence or the the tools um, inherent in reacting or connecting to people in a tactile way. I think our secrets isolate us. I think our pain isolates us. I think our fears isolate us. And the great obstacle to freedom, to being able to connect with other people, to community, is the lack of communication. It's been that way, of course, we could talk about history, right, when people can't communicate to each other. And it's no different today. Um, And whatever keeps us from God, whatever keeps us from others, is a barrier that we need to address. And sometimes it's consequent to our own fears and doubts, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just because other people are cruel. But however it is, it is a terrible place to be. When we come back, though, as we have described this awful predicament in which the deaf man finds himself, we also find Jesus, a man of unspeakable and unimagined compassion, who is going to intersect with this man, and everything will be changed. Is the time to worship? Come now, is the time to give your heart? Come just as you are to worship. Come just as you are. Oh 
The physical miracles of Jesus, the things that he wrought by his hands, by his speech, by his touch, these mighty works, these mighty mm-hmm. acts, are evidences, of course, of his supernatural and divine station. They are also lessons, teaching lessons that teach us about the material properties of his power, of course, but also at deeper levels about his sense of who we are Mm -hmm. and who he is. And in this story, we have this man deaf, isolated from his community by his deafness, and we have Jesus filled with compassion. And as Jesus interacts with this man, I am just dumbstruck by his compassion. He doesn't have to deal with it. He could walk on by. There are a thousand other people that could use his attention. He might have a conversation with someone who doesn't need this extra push to be able to be hearing. But Jesus sees this man, comprehends his isolation, knows his need, and then says to his ears, be opened. Now, we can talk a lot about how that happened and what the supernatural (laughs) dimensions of that healing experience were, but what we do know is Jesus loved this man so much he would not pass by until this man had a chance to live life abundantly. You make a good point, Jim, because what we see in the text is Jesus takes the man off away by themselves, and then at the bottom of uh, what we read, the passage, that he tells the crowd not to tell anyone. This is early in Jesus' ministry, and so it's clear that um, these mighty acts could get him in trouble, right? There are people watching him, and so it, it in effect, costs Jesus something to stop and to interact with this uh, man and to heal him in this way. But Jesus is willing to do it because Jesus knows what a horrible thing this is um, for this young man to be isolated. And I think it speaks to Jesus' understanding to the need for relationship. Mm. By opening this man's ears and his mouth, he is empowering this man to be in relationship. And Jesus understands that we all need to be in relationship. We are created in his image, and he longs for relationship. And he is the very word of God become flesh. He is the telephone of heaven sent so that a relationship can exist between the creator and the zenith of his creation, humankind. And in that, he looks at this man, and this miracle is a demonstration of his commitment to relationship, not just to showboating, not just to working a miracle, but to doing a miracle that can help this man connect and be in community. Now, as he does so, he uses some unusual means. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's got the fingers in the ear, and then he has the spit on his own fingers and then placed on the tongue. You're you're squinting your eyes even as I describe (laughs) it. Come on, this is Jesus, I'm sure. This is Jesus in the dirt. You know, I I love these stories. It's gritty, dirty Jesus in the pulling and touching with the the saliva and all of these things. But I just, I love how real it is, right? How physical it is. It's intimate Mm -hmm. in a way. Jesus is not hands off. Jesus is not apart from. He's in the middle of. He does not stand away and say, whoa, you're just kind of a mess up. He's right down and dirty with us. Mm -hmm. And what is happening here, I think, is a reassurance for all of us that we can trust Jesus to get the spit on his own fingers and get it on our tongue, (laughs) if that's what it takes, because he loves us. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And this man now is going to be able to hear and speak. Friends, Jesus can help all of us hear and speak. He can help us develop community, and he can help us hear from heaven too. But we have to be willing. You see, other people brought this guy to Jesus, and Jesus responded to their plea that he be made whole. 
but the man himself had to cooperate. You do not spit on your fingers and get it in somebody's mouth if the guy is resisting. <laughs> I mean, just think about it. It's just, it's just bad form. It's just <laughs> bad form, but I'm just saying the man had to cooperate with Jesus. If you want to hear from God, if you truly want to hear the voice of God, you can. He wants to speak to you. He wants to direct you. He wants to intervene in your life with words of counsel and grace and forgiveness and life and hope and future. But you have to cooperate with him. You have to be willing to allow him to touch you, to be by you, to speak into your life. That's the first step, a choice you make. You have to decide that I don't want to live as I am. The deaf man was through with living as a deaf man. Whatever it would take, he was willing to do it. Whatever it takes, are you willing for Jesus to put you in community and to help you hear the very voice of the one who made you? Imagine the wonder of this man as he could hear for the first time. Hmm. Think about just the leap in his heart as he was made whole and all of a sudden the sound of birds, the sound of the wind rushing above, the sound of people milling about, wondering, laughing, gasping, the sound of footsteps walking across the gravel or the dirt, the sound of someone by the well and the splashing of water. I mean, at so many levels, the portrait, the tapestry, the spectacular panorama of life suddenly vivid before him because he could hear. And then the knowledge that if I can hear, I not only hear the sound of their voices mixed up together, I'll be able to hear the sound of this one man's voice. Did Jesus speak to him? Yes, Jesus used words. And the sound of that voice, could there be anything more liberating? Could there be anything more life-giving? Could there be anything more hopeful than that moment when you first realize Jesus is speaking to me? And friends, wherever you are today, that can be your journey too. If you're willing to allow him to speak, and if you're willing to stand still long enough for him to stand by you and to speak into your life, you can also sense, you can also be impressed by, you can also digest and hear Jesus himself as he speaks to you. Hearing the voice of God requires the healing touch of Jesus. You can't get there by yourself. I think we're all spiritually deaf in our native state. Mm -hmm. uh, we may have a desire to hear from God, but we're compromised as we come into this world. We're compromised by our own sin, our selfishness, our pursuit of our own course, our fears, our doubts, our injuries, our wounds, our bruises, all of that creates a scenario where we just can't hear on our own. And that's the wonder of an intersection with Jesus. It's what the scripture describes as being born again, where your spirit is made new, where your mind can be transformed, where you can actually get the mind of Christ. I mean, all of this is a supernatural work mm -hmm. that Jesus does as a healing touch so you can hear. Because once you hear from God, then you have a chance to walk with God. Kimberly, in our program last week, you mentioned about how in the Hebrew lexicon, the concept of hearing and obeying yes. were one. One concept. The word Shema includes both hear and obey. There, were not, there was not in the Hebrew sense of understanding a need for a second word because to hear God meant to obey God. It was that simple. And the healing touch of Jesus on our hearts surrendered as we repent of our sin and surrender into his will and way, that healing touch can open the ears of our innermost being to hear God. And in a similar way, I think once you hear the loving voice of God in that context, you obey what he says. 
It's a single transaction. Mm. And then you become remade in his image. In the story, the man begins to hear, and then what? He talks. Not far after he begins to speak himself. And what can we do when we hear the voice of Jesus, when we comprehend his grace and his healing touch, when life is all around us? We can't contain ourselves. All we can do is share and to speak and to help others know that they also can hear the voice of heaven. Friends, wherever you are in life today, whatever your journey, we want you to know that God is ready to speak to you. And in the same way that Alexander Graham Bell so many years ago invented a telephone, and we celebrate his birthday in this spring of the year. He was born in 1847. As we imagine the wonder of the telephone that makes it possible for us to hear from someone that we can't physically see, but whose voice reaches us, Jesus even more so is a kind of supernatural telephone, the very person of God in human form who can speak to us, and we may not see him physically with our eyes, but we can hear him. We want you to know that he's speaking now, and he would like to speak with you by the phone and to give you life, if you will. Let him heal you. Let him touch you. Let him open your ears. You can do that by praying with us right now. Now, Father, we're so thankful today that you consider us worthy of relationship, that you want to be in relationship with us, and you do not want us to be isolated, that you want to speak to us, that you want to call the best out of us, that you want to hear from us too, that you want to be engaged in a conversation with us as if by some kind of heaven's telephone. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you for your Son who makes it all possible, Jesus Christ the Lord, who not only is himself a kind of telephone wire, but who paid the price so that the phone could be in our hand. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that helps communicate from heaven to earth And for all within the sound of our voice joining us in prayer just now who long to hear from you, may they join us in this prayer of repentance and humility as we ask, Lord, that you will cause us to be born again, made new, and to have the ears of our hearts opened so that you might speak life into us. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.
Well, speaking of a telephone, if you'd like to know more about how you can be in touch with God, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're by the phone, and we're always glad to speak with you. And Kimberly, if someone would prefer not to pick up the phone, but rather go online, where would they go? They could visit us online at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message, and we'll be happy to respond. That's CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are. And our program viewpoint, cbhviewpoint.org. Or if you prefer, just write me a letter and send it by post. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you give us a call, go online, or send us something by surface mail, please let us hear from you this week. Kimberly, as you walk out with your iPhone, (laughs) make sure to stay in touch with those you love most, as they will with you. You got it. And I'll be doing the same with my Windows phone. And in the main, even without our phones in our hands, we must stay in touch with the one who loves us most, and that is God our Maker. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.